Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Gelman Report. I'm your host, Ellie Gelman, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most interesting topics of the past NBA season, and that is who is the MV, the MVP. We have a lot of things to cover, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. So, uh, this NBA season has been one of the most has been for me at least the one of the best seasons um, that I've got to watch, um, and especially with the the bubble, um, this season has brought me a lot of enjoyment. I love watching basketball, but the past few years they have been a little uh, not boring, but not as exciting because of the the Warriors, the them kind of just taking over the league and not really a lot of. Um, competition, but there was a lot more competition this year with kind of the Warriors dismantling their team and um, that, but also with the bubble, which I really enjoyed so far, that has brought me a lot of enjoyment. And I really liked the season. And one of the main reasons, along with all the stuff I mentioned beforehand, is the award races. I think this year, um, every single, I think this is the, I think this year, every single award race there could be two winners. It's. I think this is the closest an award race has been ever, and that and specifically for the MVP. I understand how the most improved player, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, defensive player, rookie of the year, all those are very very close, but I think the MVP is the closest, and it is the most supported award. So we're going to talk about that one today. Um. So this is, I think, one of the closest MVP races in NBA in in, in NBA history. Um, and so in this episode, I kind of talked about this before in the first episode of the Gilman Report, but what we're going to do in this episode is I'm going to, well, we are going to determine who the MVP is. So the first thing we need to do to determine who the, who they're going to give the most valuable player award to is to figure out what that award is for. So some people, I think that this is also because of the media, but I think some people believe that the MVP goes to the best player of the season. And I think that's happened the past few years, um, especially with um, a few years ago with the Steph Curry MVP. Um, I think James Harden should have won that year, also with the Russell Westbrook. Um, uh, but um, also a, a lot of a lot of the MVPs have been like that. But I think that the MVP should be given to the player that is most valuable to their team. And what I mean by that is that, well, not in a, a way to kind of um, measure that is if you took that player off that oh, off their respective team, would how much significantly better or most likely how much significantly worse would they do? Um, I don't think... I, maybe the NBA should add another award, best player of the year, but the MVP belongs to the player that's most valuable to the team that gives the most to the team and makes the team significantly, significantly better. So in this episode, we're going to break down what would happen to the Lakers and the Bucks if LeBron and Giannis, the, of course, the two MVP candidates, were taken off their teams respectively. So before we do that, also, I'm very excited to record this episode. I did a lot of research because I don't think this is something that people really talk about and people don't look in depth 
into. Um, and so we're going to do that today. So before we go into uh, the rosters and what it would look like without the, the MVP candidates, let's just talk about the stats. So if you look at head-to-head, not head-to-head, but if we look at the stats side-to-side, Giannis leads in, before we go over the individual stats, I think the stats are extremely, extremely close, and they each lead in something, uh, they each lead in different things, and it's your job to decide what you value more. I am going to give my reasoning in a little bit. So for the points, Giannis averaging 29.5, while LeBron 25.3 blocks, Giannis with a half a block more, one versus uh, a half a block. Uh, steals, LeBron is leading 1.2 to 1 steal. Assists, LeBron leads the league in assists, doubles Giannis' assists 10 to 5. And rebounds, LeBron with 8 rebounds and Giannis with 14. Um, along with that, the shooting, uh, well, LeBron plays 5 more minutes. Uh, shooting, Giannis shoots better from the field, but... LeBron shoots better from three, and he shoots more. Uh, he shoots more three pointers. Uh, free throw percentage. LeBron is higher. Uh, plus minus. Uh, Giannis is um, above uh, LeBron a little. So going over all those stats, the stats are very very close. Giannis leads in the points, blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, uh, while LeBron leads in the steals, assists, three point field goal percentage, and. Uh, this is a stat that they did not have on NBA.com. I had to look this up for myself. But LeBron is third in league for points responsible per game, which means a combination of his points and assists of how many points he uh, contributes to the team um, every single every single game. He is third behind Russell Westbrook and James Harden with 44.5 points responsible per game, while Giannis is 10th with 40.9 points responsible per game. So again, this is not really going to be so helpful in determining who the MVP is because the stats are very, very similar. I would say that for the MVP most valuable player, LeBron gets the edge in the stats because you have more assists, which means you're more valuable to your team. You uh, have more, you open up more opportunities for your players and points responsible per game. Um, he is just he, excuse me. Um, he has, he's responsible for a much more of the scoring, not much more, but more of the scoring than Giannis is on a daily, um, on a daily game. Um, so again, I would say that the stats are pretty even, and they are both ahead in specific things, but not enough in each in different categories to really give the nod uh, to one player. Uh, and yeah, but the real factor in determining who the MVP is, in my opinion is how do they these all-stars respective teams do when they're not when when they're not on the team. Um so let's first talk about the Bucks. So the Bucks right now with Giannis, they have the best record in the NBA and uh, they're first in the East. My opinion is that without the Bucks with excuse me, without my opinion is that without Giannis, the Bucks, this might come to a surprise to you. But they're, according to me, 100% an 8 or 7 seed. Now, hear me out. You, you're probably thinking that I'm crazy. You're you're losing the MV, the reigning MVP, and you think they're, the team's still going to make the playoffs. But let's let's just go over the roster, and you tell me if this team is better than the 7 and 8 seed that made the playoffs right now. So starting, you have Eric Bledsoe. 
Uh, well, let's just go over the guards. You got Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, shooting guard, you got Pat Connington. Then at the small forward, you got Chris Middleton and Wesley Matthews. Um, I'm just really going to be naming the players that play, like Sterling Brown and Thanos Antetokounmpo. They don't really have a, a big role, so they're not going to be mentioned. Then, um, power forward, Marvin Williams. Another power forward, according to the NBA website, is Kyle Korver, but that he's another shooting guard small forward. Then you got Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. This team is filled... First of all, the point guards on this team are... It's definitely... I think, underratedly, the Bucks have some of the best... Not the best point guards individually, but together they have a great point guard unit. Eric Bledsoe is a player that can get you 25 every single night. Extremely fast. I think so overrated. George Hill, another great point guard coming off the bench can get you... 15 points off the bench easily, and Dante DiVincenzo, who's one of the a great shooter and one of the highest um, defensive players efficiency-wise in the NBA, a great uh, defensive point guard. Then you got Chris Middleton, who again we're gonna get into him a little later. But then you have another also great three and D players like Wesley Matthews, um, uh, Marvin Williams, Kyle Korver, who's more three than D, but still can play a little bit defense. Then you have Robin Lopez, who's third in the league in blocks, a great defender. Oh, that's Brooke Lopez. But then you also have Robin Lopez, who is another great three-point shooter and defensive player. So this team is filled with great, solid point guard talent and a, and top-tier 3-and-D players. Um, and right now in the playoffs, the Nets and the Magic made as the 7-8 and eight seed. This team, led by Chris Middleton, without Giannis, is better than the better than the Magic and the Nets. I know the Nets have been injured, but they've been injured the entire year. Kyrie Irving only played around 30 games. So the Nets team without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all those other players that were injured for most of the year, this it cannot beat this Bucks team. And also with the Magic team. I understand the Magic gave the Bucks with Giannis a little trouble, but that was just a one-game thing and they beat the Bucks have beat the the Magic three games in a row by twenty plus points, and this team is definitely beating the Magic and the Nets. They don't have a very good roster, the Magic and the Nets, and I think this team. I have to give props to uh, the general management of the Bucks. They they have compiled a great team that works well together, has great chemistry, and even without Giannis, they're definitely a playoff team. Um, so I understand that Giannis brings a lot to the team, of course, on offense and. Of course, on defense, he did just win Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to him. But you have to be honest with yourself. The Bucks are playing in the East. The East, of course, everyone knows, is the weaker conference, which allows them to... to They might not necessarily have a better record than the Lakers, but their record will allow them to make the playoffs, and the Lakers necessarily maybe wouldn't. Um it's significantly easier to make the playoffs in the East because of the lower level of talent in those teams, like um, like the Hornets and the and and the Bulls and all those kind of trashy teams that don't really do anything. Kind of wins just like twenty games a season, um, and so even with the departure of Giannis, they are making the playoffs. And we didn't talk about this yet, but. Even after I mentioned all those great three and D players and point guards, the Bucks still have another All Star on their team, in Chris Middleton. I don't know if you guys understand, but Chris Middleton is one of seven players, seven players in NBA history that are in the 40-50-90 club, meaning they shot 40% from three, 50% from the field, and 90% from the three-foot line in a season. 
Players like that include Reggie Miller, Larry Bird, Steph Curry, other great Hall of Famers. Chris Middleton is in that elite group. He is in, he's a great shooter, and he's highly effective as it shows that he's part of the 40-50-90 club. He's a solid ball handler, and he's a facilitator. He sometimes does, he does not necessarily play point guard, but he brings the ball up the court, starts the offense for the Bucks, and so he can, even with the departure of Giannis, he could pick up a lot of the slack um, that Giannis was that Giannis is picking up now um, because he is just that great of a player. I think that if he was on a different team, uh, Chris Middleton, like uh, maybe the Bucks. I don't not, not excuse me when I'm saying he's on the Bucks. Maybe like the Bulls. If he was teams up with Zach Levine, that team would make the playoffs. He's that good of a player. He's an All Star for a reason, and um, I think just people overlook that in that saying that if Giannis wasn't on the team, they would make the playoffs. No, they would. They're in the East, and Chris Middleton is a great, great player. So now, now that we're done with talking over the Bucks, let's talk about this Lakers team. So I think that the situation with the Bucks without Giannis and the situation with the Laker LeBron without the Lakers without LeBron is a very different situation. So let's just go over the roster for the Lakers without LeBron. Uh, so again, pretty similar to the Bucks, pretty solid guard play. They have Avery Bradley, Rondo. Uh, Caruso, point guards. Quinn Cook plays a little, but not very important. Then other good, some other good players: Danny Green, KCP, Dion Waiters, uh, Jr. Smith, who was recently signed. We're not really going to count him. And then Kyle Kuzma. Again, Marquise Morris was just signed, so we don't really count him. And then you got Anthony Davis, of course, the All Star center. And then oh, Powell Ford. And then you got Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. So I'm going to I'm going to talk about a little about Colin Cowherd before we start. Colin Cowherd is one of the I think the best sports commentators in I guess you could say the business right now. He uh, works for Fox, he has his own show uh, The Herd. Um, and so whenever he talks about the Lakers on his show, he says that the Lakers are a reality show in sneakers. And at first when I heard this, of course, since I'm a LeBron and Lakers fan, I was kind of upset like just disrespecting the team like that. Come on, like that's just not cool. But after looking at their roster, I 100% agree with him. This team is a bunch of crazy personalities led by Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Jared Dudley, uh, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, Alex Crusoe. All those guys are, I guess you could say, on the meme team, if you want to talk about it like that. And they're a bunch of personality, crazy personalities that are just on the basketball court at, together. And I think that that they that I think that they don't play well together, even with LeBron on the court. And when LeBron's not on the court, which he wouldn't be in the, in this scenario that we're talking about, there's no way that these players are going to be playing well together. They're a bunch of they're just a bunch of crazy. Pl- I, I'm trying not trying. I'm not trying to be mean, but they're like own personalities, kind of like work on their own, like interesting players that it just wouldn't work t- together. Um. But besides all those players, there are still some solid players. You got KCP, Danny Green, uh, Rondo, Avery Bradley, and Anthony Davis. Um, and so I understand that Anthony Davis is a great, great player. I think he's top five in the league. He's definitely the best big man in the league. And I probably, he's one of the three players that I would choose right now to start a franchise with. Him, Luka, um, Jason Tatum, one of those type of players. Young players um, that are great, great um, that are really, really great. 
but I don't think even since he, even though he is so so good, there's no way that he would be able to lead this team to the playoffs. And so when looking at this team, I I thought of something that this team led by Anthony Davis without LeBron would be very very similar to those Pelicans team to the to those Pelicans teams that he was on in his first few years in the league. Those Pelicans teams were a bunch of misfit players that pl- that were playing together on the basketball court and that didn't have good chemistry and that showed and they did not have a lot of success together. And so I even I think this Lakers team is even worse than that those Pelicans teams because this Lakers team, of course, led by Anthony Davis and then a lot of good role players around it. And I guess you could say I think if you asked anyone in the sports world who's the second who's the third best player in the Lakers, they would probably say Kyle Kuzma. I know he's a streaky shooter, but he's a great offensive player and he's without LeBron, he's the second best player. When AD was on those Pelicans team, the second best player was Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, an all-star who is a great defensive player, can get you 20 points a game, the lockdown defender, again, worth mentioning twice, and is nowhere even close to the level of Kyle Kuzma. He's so much above him. Kyle Kuzma is a streaky shooter, pretty good offensively, terrible defense, is not close to what all Drew Holiday is. And it should, because Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis, they made the playoffs a few... Um, they made the playoffs... I think they made the playoffs one or two times... Um, and that one time they did sweep the Blazers, they got that upset, and they got swept by the Warriors, and they might have won one game uh, because of that good uh, duo with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. But there's no way that Kyle Kuzma and Anthony Davis are leading the uh, are leading the Lakers to the playoffs, and especially not because they're in the West. The West is so, so stacked. You saw in the bubble, there were so many teams that were competing for that 8-9 and nine spot, and there was, I would take... I would take the Spurs, the Sacramento Kings, the the Suns, um, the Pelicans, um, uh, the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, all over this Lakers team without LeBron. I think this team would be extremely terrible. They probably would get a lottery pick. That's what happens with the Anthony Davis-led teams, as we've seen in the Pelicans. And I just don't think this team would make the playoffs, and they would do significantly worse than the Bucks. So now that we're done going over both of the teams without their respective stars, we have to we have to bring that all together and come up with a final answer. So overall, I think that the MVP is not given to the best player, but to the most valuable player to their team. LeBron and Giannis' stats are very, very similar, but I believe that LeBron has the advantage in the stats that are most beneficial to his team and his teammates all around him. He leads he leads Giannis in assists, usage rate, points responsible per game, and he plays more minutes. LeBron, because of his passing ability and overall team-friendly stats and attributes, he is more valuable to the Lakers than Giannis is to the Bucks. This partly has to do with LeBron being in the West and him having a weaker team than the than um than the Bucks and Giannis. But either way, that's just how basketball works sometimes. People are in certain situations and scenarios that just work better for them. Like, I don't know, what's an example that people always say? Like, kind of the example of Lonzo Ball. He was in LA. A lot, a lot of pressure on him 
the biggest market in the league. But then he changed. He went to New Orleans, a much smaller market, and he's been playing much better. So who knows if the situations would be flipped if LeBron was on the Bucks and Giannis was on the Lakers. Maybe I would be saying Giannis should be the MVP. But right now, in the present situation we have, LeBron is more valuable to his team because of many, many factors. And those factors could have been um, different for LeBron in the same they could have been flip-flop between Giannis and LeBron, but that's just what they are now. And because of that, LeBron is the more valuable player. Without LeBron, the Lakers are one of the, I think, one of the worst teams in the West, maybe even the NBA. But without Giannis, the Bucks are still a playoff team. And I think that is something they have to do t- that you have to take into account. I saw on ESPN a few days ago, they were kind of having the same argument that I'm talking about now. Who's the MVP? And it might have been it might have been Greeny. I'm not sure. He said that we shouldn't take into account the uh, we shouldn't take into account the conference the player is in. And I just thought that doesn't make sense. If the player is playing against high more talented players on high on higher caliber teams, you do have to take that into account. LeBron is the first seed in the West playing against harder teams with higher talented players. While LeBron, while Giannis is in the East, again, he's having a great year, but he's in the East playing against play, players like teams like the Bulls. And so I'm just saying that you have to take everything into account. And if you take everything into account, LeBron, I think beats out Giannis for the most valuable player. LeBron, overall, I think, is just more valuable to his team and contributes more as a whole versus Giannis. So that's going to be the end of the episode. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow on Spotify and Apple Music. Leave in the comments down below what you guys think this video um, or this podcast um, I put a lot of effort into it. It was really fun to um, to do. So I hope you guys enjoy. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and goodbye.